Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Church of the Rockies. My name is Corey Page, and this is Chaz. And we are so excited that we get to lead you guys in worship this morning. Uh, we are so thankful that we are able to have church online and that you guys are all able to worship with us. Um, you can follow along with today's service at votrweekly.org or in the notes section online. There you can find the announcements, the order of service, the worship songs, the sermon notes. Um, and yeah, we would just love for you to check out uh, that resource for you guys. So we're going to go ahead and worship and we would love for you to join us.
the shame that he was burned it all to turn and fall into darkness God will sing through your song you turn this lost and burdened to glory now when gained
even when it doesn't seem to make sense to us or when it doesn't seem good. Um, God, you are so good. So Lord, we just praise you knowing that that's true. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Pray that you'd be with us this morning and that we would, um, yeah, Lord, that we would just hear your voice. Good morning. My name is Allie. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at the Vineyard, and it's so good to be with you today. And even though we aren't together in person, I'm just really thankful that technology allows us to still gather online together. We have spent the last few weeks in this series called Wonder Women, looking at the lives of these women from Scripture and what each of us can learn from them. I have absolutely loved this series. I've personally been remarkably blessed by some true wonder women in my life. Uh, Without a doubt, my mom is one. Uh, In a world where everyone is focused on what they can get, her life has been absolutely barked by how much she gives to others. She's also raised three kids in such an intentional, positive, and life-sacrificing way. And now getting to see her with our son, Zion, has just been another way to witness the many gifts that God has given her. Another real-life Wonder Woman uh, is my longtime mentor, Debbie Olsdorf. Uh, She's not only a gifted writer and conference speaker, but she's one of the most faithful women I know. She's more committed to what Scripture says than what culture does. She knows how to speak grace and truth in this way that leaves you feeling challenged and not ashamed. And in times of great doubt, she has reminded me of the calling that God has placed on my life. Not to mention, she's been one of the biggest cheerleaders for Josh and I for our marriage when seasons have been difficult. I want to be a woman like this. That's how I want to live my life. And Debbie and my mom are just two examples of the everyday wonder women that we are surrounded by. And this church is filled with them as well. Today, I get to continue this series by sharing about the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus, both as a pastor and also as a mom. So let's jump right in. This is the last message in this series, and it's also the first Sunday of Advent. And if you've been around church for any length of time, you know that we always tell the story of Jesus, specifically his birth, during this time of year. And in that process, there have been countless sermons and studies done on the life of Mary. Some of you grew up in the Catholic tradition where maybe Mary was elevated. And some of you grew up in the Protestant uh, tradition where you might have been taught the complete opposite. Well, what I love about being in the vineyard is that we live in this radical middle, right? And I think we can all agree that she was an incredible woman. She raised Jesus, she loved God, and she lived a life that we can really learn from. Let's look at our passage for today. If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke 1 and follow along while I read verses 26 through 38 aloud. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. 
Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Let's pray. God, would you bring this scripture to life to us today? I pray more than anything, Lord, that uh, as we learn about you, that you would also make this applicable. Give us eyes to see what you are speaking to us this morning, God. And I just pray you'd use my words for your glory. In your name, amen. Today's message is titled, Mary the Trustee. When I read that scripture, I see a level of trust in Mary's life that seemed unshakable. And there are three key elements to her life with God that we can all learn from. The first point we can pick up from Mary's example in these verses is to trust God's grace and not your own ability. We have seen this theme over and over again in this series. Countless times through the lives of these wonder women, we have learned that it's God's power God's grace and how we respond to him that matters. It's not about our own ability or our own capacity. And now we see it again with Mary, the mother of Jesus. The story starts with the angel greeting Mary and calling her favored woman. Favored actually means grace here. This was God's grace on Mary that brought the angel to her and that called her to carry Jesus. It wasn't anything that made Mary better than someone else. If Mary would have relied on her own ability, it wouldn't have ended well. <laughs> she would have given in to her fear, her questions, the unknowns of everything ahead of her. Instead, she knew God's grace would be with her, and that was sufficient. She knew his grace would be there when she had to tell her parents about this news. When she would tell Joseph that they were going to have a baby, even though they were just engaged. Something, by the way, that easily got you killed in those days. She knew this grace would be what God gave her through everything just as she needed it, and definitely not because of something she mustered up on her own. If there has ever been a season where I have needed to rely on God's grace and not my own ability, it's been in having a baby and being a first-time mom. If it was about my own ability, it just simply wouldn't work. And if I trusted in myself, I would repeatedly fail due to lack of sleep, if nothing else. Those nights when you're so tired and you've been in the same shirt for three days, you've got spit up all over you, and you finally fall asleep, but the baby wakes up again. Yes, I know the moms can relate. These are the moments as Zion's mom that I have had to fully rely on God's grace and not my own ability. Friends, you, just like the angel reminds Mary, are favored simply because God chose you, because he loves you not because of something you've done to earn it. Favored in the dictionary means endowed with special advantages or gifts. 
And that's what God does. He gives us access to himself, to his grace, his love, his mercies in our lives that we could not find elsewhere. And not to mention access to his Holy Spirit and the gifts that come with that. These are the reasons we are favored, simply because God chooses us, not because of anything you and I do, earn, or become. Mary wasn't trying to be the best parent, the most fit person, or the most successful, and you and I don't need to strive for that either. Remember our first point. We need to learn to rely on God's grace and not on our own ability. We can strive for trusting God, at that kind of level. Our second point for this morning is trust the interruptions. There is a lot we don't know about Mary from this text. We don't know how she walked with God specifically. We don't know how she lived out her faith in the day to day. And we don't know what conversations she had with her parents around the dinner table. But we do know that she was engaged to be married. And culturally, this was as much of a commitment as marriage itself because Hebrew weddings had a process to them. As a young girl, she must have been anticipating the wedding, the celebration where her entire community would be there to cheer them on. I'm sure she was curious about what her wedding night uh, would be like and what it meant to wait until marriage to have sex. After all, we know from scripture that she was a virgin. She also probably felt nervous and a little unsure of her future with Joseph because he was chosen for her. So there was still a lot about him she wouldn't have known. But this passage shows us that she was clearly interrupted. She'd been faithful and steadfast in her faith. She's looking forward to the future and how much her life is going to change. And this angel stops her in her tracks. Mary was most likely not walking around saying, okay, Lord, here I am, interrupt me if you want. No. Something about the way she was living consistently over time positioned her heart to be interruptible. And you might assume that just because an angel showed up right in front of her, that this was an easy response. But surprisingly, in other parts of scripture, uh, there are times when God spoke audibly, and yet people still didn't recognize it. She not only recognized and heard the angel, she actually had the heart to believe him. And she did wonder, right, how it would happen when she says, well, how can this be so, for I'm not married? But her question there is about function regarding the fact that she was a virgin, not about her trust. And as we continue to read, she ultimately responds with, I am the Lord's servant. Let it all be true. I easily could have responded differently than Mary (laughs) with something like, "Um, but I'm engaged. I'm in the middle of planning my dream wedding." I've waited for this day for so long. Others are now going to think that I've had sex outside of marriage. They're never going to believe me. And that's maybe what I would have said. (laughs) But thankfully, in her humility, Mary submitted to God and allowed him to chart her course. Now, living this way is a spiritual adventure, and it affects you personally, but it impacts others as well. Living an interruptible life has ripple effects. Think about Joseph's life, changed forever. His reputation, his future, his plans, his timeline. And think about Mary's parents. This is the man they chose, and now everyone thinks that he slept with her before their wedding. Sometimes being interrupted by God can mean being misunderstood by others. And yet, Mary's yes to God 
rewrote the rest of eternity. Her yes to God's interruption fulfilled all the prophecies spoken until this point. She would be the virgin that would give birth to our king. And like Mary, when you humbly allow God's agenda to be more important than your own plans, you get to join him in the transformation of all things. God's interruptions open the doors to a spiritual adventure that you could never create on your own. Positioning our hearts and our lives around the plans of God, allowing him to interrupt us as he sees fit, will take us down paths and towards greater heavenly success than we could ever imagine. And this is definitely true in my own life. Many of you know that I was an elementary teacher for many years in both Northern California and here in the Poudre School District before taking this job. I loved teaching. I knew I had been called to teaching and that God had gifted me really specifically in that way. But each October, each school year, I really felt like something was missing. I had pursued teaching, I was gifted at it, but I didn't sense that this was God's long-term plan for me. And I also had no idea what else it might be. (laughs) So Josh and I prayed about it for multiple years. And personally, I would have liked my interruption to come a little faster, uh, but haven't we all experienced God's sovereign delays? Well, just a couple of years ago, out of the blue, Josh and I met a pastor from a vineyard church in Ohio, and we started to build a relationship with him. He knew about our life here in Fort Collins and that we were in search of a church where women in leadership was celebrated, among other things. He encouraged us to check out Vineyard of the Rockies because he knew both Jeff and Rick and thought it would be a great fit for us. Josh and I visited the vineyard the next Sunday morning and Rick was preaching. We introduced ourselves to him after service. He shared a lot about the current transition that was happening. He prayed for us. He answered a lot of our questions, and he was such an encouragement, which if you know Rick, you know that that's one of his superpowers. At the end of our conversation, as we're walking away, Rick says to me, yeah, and maybe you'll even work here one day. It didn't fit anywhere in the conversation. (laughs) But as I've learned more about Rick, he has this way of being prophetic and not even knowing it in the moment. And maybe my favorite part is that to this day, he doesn't even remember saying it. Well, the next week, we came back and Jeff was preaching. Josh and I introduced ourselves to him after service and we had a fast connection. We then started meeting regularly with him and Natalie and getting to know their family. And Josh and I were able to really see their hearts as leaders and we grew to love the vineyard even more as we watched the transition unfold. Jeff and I started meeting for professional mentorship and before I knew it, he had a proposal for me to work here. I said no at first. I had no plans to work at a church. I had a heart for ministry, but I did not think it would be doing vocational ministry. This was my interruption. (laughs) So here I am, having said yes to Jeff and to vocational ministry and ultimately to God. It has forever changed the, the the trajectory of my life. And you know what? Many times when I tell people what I do, I get silence because I'm a female pastor. I get questions and judgments about all the reasons that they don't agree with it. But without a doubt, I am right where God wants me. I'm using the gifts he has given me. I get to serve this church and each of you in it in a variety of ways, and it is so life-giving. It turns out that God interruptions are the best kind of interruptions. 
we have more intentional community than we've ever had in our life. And we get to watch Zion grow up in a church full of people of all ages who love him and care for him. What an incredible gift. Ministry was an interruption. Guys, pastoring was not on my radar. It didn't fit my plans. It didn't seem like the answer to all those prayers that I had prayed. But yet, God knew. God saw it in me. Others saw it in me. And when I, what I started to piece together was that one of my favorite parts of teaching was getting to work with parents, helping them navigate the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs of parenting. And in a sense, this was a great preparation for the role that I have here. I literally could not write a better job description for myself. Pastoring was my interruption. What's yours? Or maybe a different question is, are you interruptible? Are you still interruptible? Sometimes we think it's one and done, but frequently God has multiple interruptions throughout our life. And if not, I think it's important to ask yourself, what would it take for me to be more interruptible? Remember my story. We'd been praying for a couple of years about what that interruption might be, but that habit of prayer positioned my heart to hear from God. What disciplines are keeping you interruptible? Or is your life just so rigid and filled with other things that you're not even able to hear from God? And while he won't ask you the same thing that he asked Mary, he might ask you to turn off the TV and spend time with your kids. He might ask you to put the phone down and engage with your spouse. He might ask you to bring a homeless man a meal. The list goes on and on. And interruptions are a part of our transformation. They are so good for us. They change our hearts and our minds to look more like him. And interruptions might just change the course of eternity for another person. We never know what God might want to do in and through us. We don't know how he might want to use us. But we can be ready to hear and respond when he does interrupt us. Okay, our last point for the morning. Trust when you fear. Notice I said when you fear. Fear is normal, and I think we can just get it out there and acknowledge that all of us feel fear at some point. Some of us more than others, but it is a normal human reaction. And if you didn't think that this could be true of Mary, then just imagine when she was a teenager, her whole life was turned upside down. After her encounter with the angel, I can imagine her like talking to herself, right? Like, my parents will never believe me. And Joseph, he's going to laugh out loud when I tell him I am going to be carrying Jesus. We can assume that Mary had fear as she processed everything the angel told her. That would be totally normal. And again, this is about when you fear, not if. We will have fear we will face circumstances and interruptions that cause us to question things and potentially even make us look at God differently. But it's how we face that fear and what we do with it that determines the level of spiritual adventure we get to have. In verse 30 of this passage, the angel says to Mary, don't be afraid for you have found favor with God. The most common command in all of scripture do not be afraid. Angels said it. Jesus definitely said it. And if it's the most commonly repeated command in all of scripture, we should probably start paying attention to it. 
And the command is interesting because if you meet someone who is anxious and you just like tell them not to be anxious, that never works, right? <laughs> Sometimes it just increases the anxiety. But it's also hard to argue with a command that's this repeated in scripture. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And the reason this is so important is that when we let fear run the show, we don't hear the interruptions. We don't trust his grace, and we can even just like abdicate our responsibilities. When fear runs the show, we make bad decisions. And do we want to be the type of Christians, the type of church that makes fear-based decisions or trust-based ones? When fear creeps in, choose trust. And for me personally, this looks like memorizing scripture so that I can override that fear narrative with truth. And one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 26, 3. And it says, but you keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast on you because he trusts you. And in a moment of fear, I can speak that truth directly over my life. But I think as most of us know, there are times when the fear is so great that I personally lose sight of my own trust anchors. And it's in those moments that I really need to rely on community and friendship. Friends that can tell me the truth when I can't say it to myself. We can choose to trust God when we fear. As I prepare to close, what I love about this message is that it's so timely the holidays are here and they always elicit some amount of fear in us because they can bring up the dysfunction in our families, the reality of our finances, or the challenges of a pandemic year. It'd be easy to just avoid these fears and not trust God with them. But Mary didn't do that. She consistently demonstrated trust in God over fear of her circumstances. And we can all learn from Mary. We can aspire to be like her. We can face our fears and trust God with the road ahead of us. And like verse 34, we can all say, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. That's who we all want to be, isn't it? God, help us to be more like Mary in this season. As we move into our time of reflection Let's think about God's grace, about his interruptions, and about how we can trust in him even when we fear. Let's pray. God, we invite your presence to minister to the deepest parts of our hearts right now. God, would you give us awareness just of, of how you might want to interrupt us even right now? I pray that your spirit would speak to us. We are going to go into a time of reflection. We have found that with this fast-paced culture we live in, and especially with online church, we can just quickly turn off the computer and not even give the Holy Spirit time to actually speak to us about what we just heard. So we're going to take a couple of minutes. Uh, Chaz and KP are going to play quietly behind me, and I'm going to be up just in a couple of minutes to lead us into our response time. Thanks.
addition to quiet reflection time, we also like to give you other opportunities, even from your living room, to respond to God. We've created a few ways for you to do that. Uh, you can worship as Chaz and KP lead us here in a couple of minutes. You can hit the prayer button, and someone from our staff would love to pray with you right now. And there's also the Give Now button where you can also give as an act of worship. And as I was praying for you throughout my message preparation, I felt like I had two words for us this morning. Uh, one is that fear doesn't have to be your narrative. Fear is a thief. It'll actually rob you of all that this journey, all that God has for you. So maybe today that's something that you need to ask for prayer for. We would love to pray with you. Another word I got as I was preparing uh, was selfish. And that's a pretty bold word. Uh, but I think we can all just admit that we have seasons of selfishness. We can even have patterns of selfishness in our life where our plans and our needs run the show. And it really impacts the way we respond to God and to those around us. So if either of, you, either of those speak to you this morning, again, we would love to pray with you right now. Uh, and if you have any other prayer requests, again, we would love to pray over those as well. You can also uh, log on to votrweekly.org. There are next steps there for you where you can commit to something this coming week. And I will get an email and I would love to pray for you uh, this coming week as well. So in response today, let's worship God together. Thanks.
fountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are
Father God, thank you for your faithfulness to us, God. God, thank you that even in the midst of heartache and, and uncertain circumstances, God, that you are there holding on to us. Father, we're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your goodness to us. So Lord, be with us this week as we go forward. We pray in Jesus' name.